That's really what I want to talk about today is these four different threats that we all face. And I believe if you will protect yourself uh, from these four things, you can have a strong marriage all the way for your, for your whole life. And really, that's my goal. Because guys, I just I love you enough to tell you I'm tired of seeing good marriages fall. And so there are four things that we have to really guard ourselves from that I've seen. This is not based upon, you know, one verse or two verses. It's the whole Bible, you see this, but also... This is just my experience, and these seem to be the four that get people. I don't know what it is about these four, but they do. So I'm going to unpack these today. So you guys ready? Yes. All right, I'm fired up. Let's do this. So the first one's really simple, and that is being spiritually disconnected. Being spiritually disconnected will cost you your marriage if you're not careful. And so uh, what this means is that being a part of a local church really is a game changer. Hebrews chapter 10 puts it this way. Some people have gotten out of the habit of meeting for worship, but we must not do that. We should keep on encouraging each other, especially since you know that the day of the Lord's coming is getting closer. And so the, the, the Bible is very clear that we are supposed to meet together regularly. Now, some of you that's online, some of you that's in person, but I want to encourage you, make sure you're plugged in and be as involved as you can because it's not just for your own spiritual life, but it's actually for the life of your marriage and family as well. Is it a surprise that back in 2020, the government said, no more going to church, and guess what happened? Divorce shot through the roof. And so they do go together, not to mention depression and all the other bad analytics also shot through the roof. And so we do need to be in God's house. We do need to be connected, whether being in God's house means you're online with us every single week or coming to a physical location. If you're anywhere near us, we'd love for you to come to a physical location. If you're not, it's okay. You can be just as connected with church online. But I want to encourage you to be involved. There are ways to do that. You can be in a life group. You can start a watch party. Uh, you can serve online. You can serve in the church as well. And so don't just show up and then tune in for an hour and that's it. But be involved. Get plugged in. It really is a game changer. And so I have a friend uh, named Alex. When I was in seminary, I, I pastored a little small church. A small church, and uh, this this couple came. They're really nice people. And Alex told me, he said, hey, "I just want you to know, I like I have a pretty wild past." I was like, "Okay," and he said, "Yeah, I used to be involved in gangs." And so because of that, he would always he started coming up to me after church, and he would tease me. He'd be like, "Yo, man, I'm gonna cut you," and I'd be like, "What do you mean you're gonna cut me?" He's like, "Oh, man, you're not doing it right." And he's like, "I'm like talking trash." He's like, "I don't know how to do." it. And he starts throwing gang signals, and I'm like, "I don't know what any of this means." I don't know. But he would always do that. He always come, yo, man, I'm going to cut you. I'm coming after you. Me and my boys are going to catch you. And so I just started doing the same thing back. And so that was like our, our lingo. You know, I'd be like, well, you looking at me? You looking at me? Like, you just do that kind of stuff to me all the time. And so I just kind of got used to it. So one day I was calling up Alex and I was going to see if he wanted to get some dinner. And so I call him. And this is years ago. So if you're below the age of 40, you're not going to know this reference. But they used to have these little things called answering machines. Some of you guys know what I'm talking about. Okay. So you didn't have voicemail, you had an answering machine. They had a little tape in it, and you'd record your little message like, Hi, this is Bob and Lily. We're not home right now. Please leave a message. Beep. And then you're supposed to talk into it. Well, if you're in the house with an answering machine, you know you can hear the machine, right? So, so I call up, and he doesn't answer, and his answering machine comes on. Hey, this is Alex. Me and Kim are gone right now. Please leave a message. So I thought, oh, so I hung up real quick. I was like, this is my chance. So I thought, I, I, I grabbed a sheet of paper, and I wrote out a script. And I thought, I'm going to unload on him. This is going to be so great, right? So I call back. Hey, this is Alex. I'm going to hear it now. Please leave a message. Beep. And I just went off. I was like, I'm going to come and cut you, man. Me and my boys are coming for you. I'm going to take you down. That's it. You're done. And I just start screaming and yelling. It's like I had this whole list of things, all these threats. And I was like, I'm coming for you. Click. I was like, oh, I can't wait for him to hear this message, right? Ten minutes later, I get a call back from his wife. Bill Cornelius, do you know what we're doing tonight? 
I was like, no. She goes, here we are in small group, all holding hands trying to pray. <laughs> and we hear a psychopath on our answer machine. So Alex is like, he's the leader of the group. He's like, hey, guys, I promise you, that's my past. I'm not in that anymore. I don't know who that is. <laughs> but if you talk to Alex, he will tell you that the church changes life. See, Jesus will change your life. But to complete those changes, you need the church. God wants to be plugged into one another. The only organization Jesus ever founded was a local church because he knew it could really change your life. We do need one another. And so it says in 1 Peter 5, by the way, it says, be on your guard and stay awake. So this is God saying, hey, wake up, right? Pay attention. And he says this, your enemy, the devil, is like a roaring lion sneaking around to find someone to attack. Did you know lions, when they go to attack a sheep, they actually wait for one of the sheep to wander off on their own. So when you wander off from the pack, when you wander off from the church, you are very susceptible to the devil attacking you. And so just one more good reason why you should be plugged into a local church, get involved. I highly recommend it because it's for the betterment of your entire marriage and family. Don't be spiritually disconnected. Once you separate from a church, it's easy to get separated. And so I encourage you, stay plugged into the local church. I've seen couples, and I've heard stories, and they leave, and it's just a matter of time until I hear they're not even together anymore. So it's very, very common. In fact, one of the first scriptures, I meant to read this at the beginning, Song of Songs says this, Catch all the foxes, those little foxes, before they ruin the vineyard of our love. You know, one fox can destroy an entire vineyard. They just eat everything, just one little fox. And so in one one of these traits that I'm covering today, even one of them can destroy your entire marriage. And the first one is being spiritually disconnected. We really do need each other. The second one's probably obvious to you, but that is adultery. This can destroy your marriage overnight, in an instant. And so, at first I wrote for this point an affair, but I don't like that word. It makes it sound too cool, too fun. When the truth is, it's adultery. Let's call it what it really is. And so it's not a fling, it will destroy your marriage and your family. And if you don't believe that, just talk to anyone whose parents have done that, and it will tell you that the day they discovered that was the darkest day of their life. And so it's a horrible, horrible thing what it does to people. So I want to encourage you to stay clear of that. It says in Exodus 20, you shall not commit adultery. It made the all-conference Big Ten of God's rules. He's like, do not commit adultery. Why? Because he knows how much it destroys you. He eats you alive, It'll, it, it, it hurts your spouse, it, it destroys your children. It really is incredibly damaging. So I want to encourage you to avoid that at all costs. Matthew 6, Jesus gave us some good insight into how to avoid it. He said this, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So he's like, basically walk away from anything or anyone tempting to you. Just stay away from that person. I've actually had to counsel couples before. I've had to tell the guy or the girl, hey, you know what? You just need to change jobs. Just literally move companies. If there's someone there that you've connected with, you've got to get away from them. And so, and what oftentimes happens, this is how it typically begins. It actually doesn't typically begin physical. It begins emotional. So you're frustrated with your spouse, and then what do you do? You go and you lean on someone else emotionally. Oh, yeah, me and my husband are having a lot of problems. Who are you telling that to? Are you telling it to a girlfriend? Are you telling it to another guy? So you need to be careful who you say that to. In fact, honestly, I would say, say it to a counselor or a pastor. Don't say it to anyone else. And so get that worked out. But, but what happens is we begin to lean on someone else. And, uh, you know, we think, oh, man, you know, they're so nice. And they really understand me, unlike my spouse. That's how it begins. 
And so I just want to warn you of that. And one of the ways you know you're falling for this is when you get dressed in the morning and you're getting ready, who do you think of when you're trying to pick out an outfit? When you put your cologne and perfume on, who are you thinking of that's going to smell that? So be very, very careful. You want to guard yourself. Stay clear of this. And so, because it really can destroy your life. In fact, big warning on this one is social media. It's just so easy to connect. And even worse, it's easy to connect to an old flame. Maybe someone from college or high school days, someone you used to date. It's easy to connect with them. I have heard this countless times that someone reached out to them, DM'd them, and they're like, hey, how's it going? What's going on with you now? Here's what I'm doing. Just, I just need to tell you right now, it's really not worth knowing what they're doing. It's just not. Who cares what they're doing? I mean, I'm not trying to be ugly. I mean, literally, who cares? Like, you're not married to that person. So I just want to encourage you to stay clear of that. Uh, DMs and, and, and uh, you know, connections on Facebook, things like that. That's, we're, we're seeing more and more of that today. And so you really have to guard yourself from that kind of thing, okay? So I just want to encourage you to be careful. In fact, one of the, in a real practical sense, you know, that, that will keep you on the up and up, First of all, hopefully your, your heart's keeping you on the up and up, hopefully. But let me tell you something that will really make you sensitive to these kind of things. Why don't you just give all your social media passwords to your spouse? And that just is a great way to show trust, to say, hey, you know what, I'm not up to no good. I just want you to know I'm, I'm, I'm on the up and up, and here's all my passwords. You can check my account anytime you want. It's not a problem, and, and, and I'll take your passwords too. And so it's no problem. If this has been a problem in the past, why don't you cancel your accounts altogether or create a combined account? Instead of being Bob's account, Mary's account, have Bob and Mary's account. It just kind of keeps things a little cleaner and easier to protect you. So just want to encourage you to guard yourself from an affair. It really can uh, destroy your life. There was a guy, an older man, that was in the supermarket and couldn't find his wife. So he was like, man, where is she? So finally he couldn't find her. So he, he saw this attractive young woman. He said, excuse me, do you mind if I stand here and talk to you for a second? She was like, why? And he said, well, anytime I talk to a young, attractive woman, my wife just appears out of nowhere. So, <laughs> so encourage you to guard yourself from the wrong person. All right, that's important. So watch out for an affair. Uh, number three is an addiction. I hear this a lot as a pastor. Um, you know, addictions, it's not just something you struggle with, but it actually is a struggle in your marriage. And so it says in Proverbs 20, wine produces mockers, uh, alcohol leads to brawls, those led astray by drink cannot be wise. I think it's interesting. It says alcohol leads to brawls. We think that means like you're drunk, you get in a fight in a bar. It could mean a brawl with your spouse. It could mean the fight that you're drinking again. And so uh, that's a big one. First Corinthians 6 says this, and here, here's the official line of every addict. You ready? Let's try here in scripture. You say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And even though I'm allowed to do anything, must not become, you must not become a slave to anything. So this is the official line of every addict. They're like, what? Don't tell me how to live my life. I can do what I want. You can do what you want, but what you want to do may destroy you. So just because you can do it doesn't mean you should do it. And so uh, I've seen addictions take people out. And by the way, not all addictions are just alcohol and drug. Uh, th those are big ones. Uh, but you can also have what's called an endorphin addiction. Endorphins are what your body naturally fires off. Uh, these happen, uh, this is how someone gets addicted to sex uh, or porn or shopping um, or addicted to too much entertainment, addicted to your phone. You say, okay, it's not going to destroy my marriage. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. It leads you away because you're on it nonstop. And yet, when's the last time you had a nice conversation with your spouse and opened up to them? But yet you're always online, always in front of the TV, always in front of the screen. You ever heard of night mode on your, on your phone? 
People think it just means they turn it down. It doesn't just mean it. They take out the blue light. You know why? Because they discovered that the blue light is what keeps you addicted to looking at your phone. So if they know how to turn that on and off, why don't they even have it on our phone? Because they're trying to keep you addicted to it. So I just have to tell you that. I mean, just you have to guard yourself from all these kinds of things. It could be food addiction, too. That's a really big one as well. And so uh, all those things can destroy you. You may say, that's not going to destroy my marriage. Well, if you die 10 years earlier than you're supposed to, you're not around, are you? And so I just think it's important that we recognize that, you know, destroying you destroys your marriage. And so the devil wants to take you out. He wants to kill you. The Bible's very clear on this. And so guard yourself from anything that would become addictive. I mean, are you done eating chips because you're done eating chips or because the chip bag is empty? Right? Anybody relate to what I'm talking about? You puncture the bottom of the blue bluebell ice cream bin. You're like, ah, nothing left there. You know, you keep going. You dig a hole in your leg. You're like, what am I doing? I got to stop. So I just want to encourage you. Uh, all kinds of things can become addicting. Uh, if you find yourself in an addiction, it uh, really can destroy your marriage. I, I knew of a guy, uh, him and his wife came to our church, and uh, she left him because he wouldn't stop smoking pot. And, you know, you say, oh, but pot's not a drug. People that say pot's not a drug are addicts. I just need to let you know. Like, if you're trying to argue that with me, that's definitely a sign you're an addict. And so, because it is a drug, it does destroy lives. And by the way, this guy made a ton of money. He made several hundred thousand dollars a year. You say, I can't believe this girl left him when he made so much money and she left all that lifestyle. Well, here's the thing. Money doesn't make up for crazy. So if you put them in this crazy addictive cycle to have to live with you like that, no one wants to stay there very long. So it really is a danger. So I want to encourage you to guard yourself from this kind of thing. A counselor one time said this. If you're struggling with an addiction, this is a great quote to remember. Uh, here it is. You may want to write this down. You can never get enough of what won't satisfy. There's not enough chips. There's not enough dip. There's not enough pills. There's not enough drink. You know, there's not enough sexual images. There's not enough videos to watch. There's not enough entertainment. There's just not enough of what won't satisfy you. So you just want more and more and more, and it will kill you. It can cost you your marriage, your life. It can cost you your job. I mean, it really can cost you everything. So guard yourself from addictions, any kind of addictive thing. We all have things that we have to be careful around. So I don't know what that would be for you, but you need to know what those are and guard yourself from those things because they can really destroy you. And I know you think, oh, we all know we talk about drug addiction. We're in church. I'm, I'm talking about it because up to 25% of Americans um, are addicted to substances. So that's one in every four. That, that's pretty high. So I just want to encourage you that it's, it's something we need to deal with. Um, that there's been uh, studies that have proven that in some cities up to 40% of the people in that city can't pass a drug test. 40%. So this is a very real issue that needs to be discussed about in the church as well as uh, elsewhere. So uh, make sure you guard yourself from addictions. And so I love 1 Peter 5. After you have suffered a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you, and he will place you on a firm foundation. What does that mean? That means you can either suffer through your addiction longer, or you can suffer by going to counseling and 12-step. Either way, you're going to suffer. At the end of one set of suffering, you're more addicted. The other, in the other set of suffering, you're free. So either way, you're going to suffer a little bit longer. So wouldn't it be better to suffer by the embarrassment, the humility, to have to go join a group, go talk to a counselor, admit what you're up to when no one's around, but you can get the help you need and be free. Wouldn't that be great? So either way, you're going to suffer. So I want to encourage you instead to be 
uh, going through it because you're either going to suffer with regret or suffer with the discipline needed and the tools needed to overcome that addiction. So I recommend that you do that. So you've been keeping up with me. The, the four ways that we expose our marriage to dangers, number one, is a spiritually disconnected. Number two is an affair. The third one is addiction. And the fourth one may surprise you, but it's high debt. High debt and money problems actually exposes your marriage. I've seen a lot of people get divorces. In fact, the number one component in all divorce proceedings is money problems. It's repeated again and again and again. You may say, but, but you know, that's not really our problem. Here's the thing with money problems. Debt and money problems exacerbates all the other problems. So if you have a money problem, what you really have is a spending problem. And so you have to get a hold of that. So typically what, the way this works, at least in, in our westernized culture, is typically you're buying too much house, too much car, uh, maybe frivolous things like very lavish, expensive vacations or a boat. I know some couples that go into debt for the wedding. Like you're setting yourself up to spend, you know, a year's salary on one night. That's just crazy. And so I just, I highly recommend you not do that. And so I know this one seems a little out of place to the others, but it's, it's really a big deal, and I see it a lot. So here's a couple of scriptures on this. Proverbs 22 says this, Just as the rich rule the poor, so the borrower is servant to the lender. You know, just because the bank says you can buy that much house doesn't mean you should. So I just want to warn you of that, because bankers and lenders are notorious for over, uh, over giving, like they just give you too much money, they over lend. And so, you know, can I give you some real practical numbers? Could that help you today? Okay, let me just be real practical. If it costs you more than one-fourth of your salary to live in that house, it's too much. You oh, that's so conservative. There's no way. Me and Mom, I'm paying over 30 35%. Then you're probably talking about money and worried about it all the time. See, it's really nice to be able to sleep peacefully at night. I can honestly say I do not stay up worried about money because we haven't over-indebted ourselves. Does that make sense? So I highly recommend that you just live in a little less house. If you can't afford a house right now, get an older house. If you can't afford an older house, get a condo. It's okay. Or just rent. It's okay. There's no shame in that. And so, and, and by the way, I want to speak to young people real quick. You're actually not supposed to live at your parents' level the first day you get out of school. Like, they had to accumulate that stuff over like a lifetime. Does that make sense? So it's just slow down. It's okay. You say, well, I'm, I'm not going to get the house I want. Right. None of us did. You, you get the house you can get. And eventually you get the house you want. And some people never get the house they want. I mean, just that's the truth. So, but I'd rather have the life I want than the house I want and a miserable life in it. And so just, just slow it down. I promise you this will bless you. It really will. My, my wife and I uh, have, have driven older cars for a long time. I normally get her something nicer, and I drive the older one. I just, I think that's biblical for one thing is to to take care of her and spoil her and 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 and, you know but we've both driven old cars for a very long time in fact we lived in the same house for 14 years and all my friends all of our peers were upgrading every three or four years and we're just like no no let's just just hold on just stay a little longer and we got to a point where our payment was just negligible to us which is a really good feeling and so you know we could travel more we could give more we could save more it was really a great thing. So here's a little rule of thumb that I learned from my parents, and I think this can help you too. It's called 10-10-80. to God of every paycheck because we want God to bless the rest. Then 10% to our savings account, then we live on 80%. And by the way, if you do this well, eventually you get to go 15, 15, 70. 
How about 20, 20, 60? Like, I could never do that. Well, in the words of Dave Ramsey, I love how he said that. He said, if you'll today live like no other, one day you'll get to live like no other. It's really true. If you'll live way below your means, when all your friends are upgrading everything, you don't have to upgrade everything. If you'll just stay put, guess what? You'll actually have some spending money. It's nice to go to the mall and not have to be worried and conscious about whether you can afford something, right? And so that's because most people, what they're doing is they're, they're overbuying on the big expense things. So I just want to encourage you to guard yourself from those things. Romans 13 says this, Give to everyone what you owe them, pay your taxes and government fees to those, to those who collect them. So God basically says if you owe them, you should, you should pay them. I mean, it's really simple. Proverbs 22 says, uh, Don't agree to guarantee another person's debt or put up security for someone else. If you can't pay it, even your bed will be snatched from under you. When I first read that verse, I thought, okay, yeah, that makes sense. I didn't understand the power of it until one day as a pastor years ago, I went over to a guy's apartment because he needs some help. And I would just, you know, I was like, well, he's, he was asking for money. He was like, before we give you money as a church, I'd like to assess your situation. Can I come by and see you? I wanted to get my eyes on his situation directly. I walked in. The entire apartment was completely empty with, with a mattress sitting in the middle of it. Everything had been taken. All of it. He didn't have a piece of furniture left. I mean, everything, his car, nothing. Why? Because he over-indebted himself. And guess what? They will take that car. They will take your house. They will take your bedroom furniture. So I'm just, I'm just encouraging. And they is not evil. They're not bad for doing that. You shouldn't have agreed to pay something that you really couldn't afford. Does that make sense? So I just want to encourage you, just live on less. I promise you it's, it's worth it. The cheapest car you can have is the one you already got. Unless it's a DeLorean or a Lamborghini. In that case, you probably need to get rid of that. But the, what I'm trying to say is uh, the Bible is never against you owning nice things. I just want to make sure those nice things don't own you. That's where the danger comes in. So I encourage you uh, to live uh, unless it really is a game changer. My eight-year-old Toyota looks really good to me because it's paid off. And so, you know, just doing things like that is, is a wise move. I encourage you to consider things like that. It says in 1 Peter 5, 8, But if anyone does not provide for members of his household, he is denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. God's basically saying it's just, it's just a bad witness if you're not taking care of yourself financially. It really is a big deal that we learn to do that. Let me mention this too. I've seen this several times where, um, especially men, I don't know why men are this way, but we men tie their self-worth so much to their job. And so I've seen men start businesses, quit their job, um, and then they, they kind of go all out. Like the, I, I, a friend that uh, went into, uh, uh, what was an exterminating business. So this is not even in the city. Uh, this is where we used to live. But, but he went in and he bought this really fancy truck. The guy has not made a penny yet. And yet he goes into tens of thousands of dollars in debt, so he has a nice, good-looking truck to put his little sign on. I was like, you know, I'm pretty sure you can exterminate someone's house from the old car you used to have. And now you don't have all this debt. And so in the name of, well, I'm doing it for the business, I'm sacrificing. You're not sacrificing anything. The bank sacrificed for you. You didn't sacrifice. You just saved the money for that car. You just went into debt for it. And so I've seen guys like this, they, they get so committed to their business and they start telling their wife, oh, just hang on, it's going to turn around, just a couple more months, a couple more months, a couple more months, turns into several years, they look up and they still have the business, they just don't have the spouse anymore. Because eventually, and the men you say, well, she shouldn't have been with me anyways, she's not going to stay with me, but you have to understand something, that, that whether you like this or not, there's a built-in agreement in marriage that when a woman marries you, she is thinking, you are going to take care of me. 
And so we are supposed to do that. So what I tell guys, you want to start that business, straddle. Keep your job and straddle doing your job while you're also starting your business. Build this up, and once that income surpasses your paycheck, then you can step down from your job. Now, if it's a related field, you can't do that anyways. It's unethical because you're competing against your own boss. But having said that, if you start a different kind of business and build it up, that is the effective way to do it. And that way you never endanger your personal finances and therefore your marriage and your family. But I've seen this a lot. So maybe today you've got to admit, how many years has it been now? It's time to actually, if it's not working, admit it's not working and let the business go and instead focus on a career to take care of your family. And so it's not, just, it's not failure in that. Um, that's success you're recognizing what isn't working versus what does work, okay? So I want to encourage you, if that's you, don't be afraid to do that. Don't be embarrassed. It's okay. Uh, 80% of businesses fail, by the way, so you're not alone. It's very, very common. And so, um, and maybe start again more intelligently, like I just talked about, straddling a current job with doing something on the side. So uh, this is important, though, that we take care of our business and our finances. If you do this right, it really can be a blessing. My wife and I, not only have we done 10, 1080 our entire uh, married life, set, uh, gave 10% to God and then invested 10% in, in savings and then lived on 80%. Obviously, it gets easier as you go in your career because you're making more money. But the first few years, it's very tough. But we did it even early on, and it really does work. I highly recommend that you consider doing that. You know, in speaking of that, by the way, uh, in about six weeks, we're going to do our annual offering. For people who get really frustrated, I even mentioned that, that's actually probably not a sign that an offering is offensive because the Bible is chock full of people giving offerings to God. It's probably a sign you're riding the line financially, and so just introducing anything new just freaks you out. So it may be a sign to say, you know what, I want to be a, a big giver one day. I want to make a big difference, and maybe this year isn't the year you give a big offering. Maybe this is the year you say, God, I'm going to so give an offering, but I'm going to get my finances in order so that in three or four years from now, I can really do something big for God. So I just want to encourage you to think about that. You see, one of the reasons why my wife and I want to live on less is not just so we have more for later, but so that we can do more for God now. You really can make a big difference. This may surprise you, but we actually believe what we're preaching around here. So we sacrifice to help others. We really do. And so, in fact, just last night, a video was sent to me from a, a gentleman. His name is Ron Lewis. He runs Jordan Lewis Ministries. And uh, Ron um, is the one that's connecting us to the churches in Ukraine that we're helping right now. Uh, in fact, the missions portion of this offering today is going to go to Ukraine. Uh, we sent $10,000 off last week, by the way. Uh, we plan on sending more this week again. Uh, by the way, just, just so you know, Sunday afternoon, I got a text from one of our direct connections in Ukraine. He said, hey man, pray for this family. My friend died an hour ago. I just want to help understand how real he said he died one hour ago fighting Russians to protect his family. I just want you to understand how real this is. So when we say we're going to sacrifice and help people, we mean it. This is not something you put off. And so that's why I want to always make sure that I can live with a little less car and house and stuff because there's real needs out there that are a lot bigger than me trying to look cool. And so that's what we like to give to. In fact, my friend was with one of his pastors um, in Pakistan this week, and they sent me this video late, late last night because there's a time zone difference, but check out this video. Hey, Pastor Bill, 
surprise for you. This is our brother. I won't say his name right here on the video, but uh, he's such a gift to all of us and is advancing God's kingdom in his nation of Pakistan in an unbelievable way. And here he is right here and he wants to say something to you. Hey Bill, how are you? Uh, first of all, I want to thank you uh, that uh, the woman, the evangelist, uh, Pooja, who used to go barefooted on uh, the desert to share the word of God. Praise God that through your prayers and support financially for a motorbike, she is able to go faster with her husband to go in more different villages and far off the villages to share the gospel. And uh, the church planning work has fastened because of your support and help. And she has now able to uh, build more than 90 uh, house churches uh, in the last month and is growing. So thank you so much. This is the most valuable help and support that you have done for the country of Pakistan and for that lady. I really appreciate you and I'm praying for you and so my team. Thank you. Pastor Bill, uh, you and your church unlimited are reaching areas that have never, ever, ever heard the gospel. And now many lives are being changed and many, many churches are being started because of your support and your faith and your prayers. We're going big, my friend, and uh, God bless you. Appreciate you. Isn't that amazing? That They can't use their names because that, that young man could be arrested for sharing his faith in Pakistan. So when we say we want to be generous, that still drives me. That's why we do this. So yeah, you're protecting your marriage when you live under your means, but you're also doing God's work when you live under your means. And so I just want to encourage you, one day we're going to stand before God, and He's when he says, what did you do with Christ? He's going to want to know, did you receive him? But then he's going to say, and what did you do with Christ after that? And I don't think we're going to say, well, I didn't really share him. I didn't really get much submissions. I mean, you should have saw the outfit I was wearing. I don't think we're going to say that. I mean, you should have saw this new car. It was so cool, and it was this and that. And I think all that's going to fall really flat in heaven. But if we can say, you know what, God? You blessed me, and I sacrificed. And I remember that year our pastor Show us that video from that Indian man who was doing your work. And I'm glad to know that we lived on a little less so that he could take the gospel to a few more people. That's what matters the most. Guys, as your pastor, I just want to encourage you. If you really look closely at this outline, what you'll discover is this. The world has a value that is all about themselves. But marriage and being a disciple of Christ flips those values upside down. It becomes all about the other person, about your children, about your family, and about the community around you and the world around you. That's what it means to be a disciple of Christ. I want to encourage you to guard yourself. There are people living right along the Ukraine border their whole life thinking, we're fine, until a couple weeks ago, and it wasn't so fine. Please guard your marriage, guard your relationships, guard your finances so that you can do God's work and have the protection of God over you and your family. Would you bow your heads with me, every head bowed, every eye closed? I want to encourage you today as we just take this moment to pray. Maybe today serves as a, bit, as a bit of a warning for you today. Maybe you say, Pastor, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I have a habit that I have to be honest. It's more like probably an addiction than I want to admit. There's no shame in that. You see, the earlier you can catch it, the better chance you have of stopping it. 
So if there's something you need to give up, maybe it's something as simple as vaping, which is really just a nicotine addiction, no different than cigarettes, alcohol in excess, maybe it's drugs, maybe it's uh, just endorphins. Maybe you're finding yourself watching things that are not God-honoring, that can destroy your marriage. I don't know what it is for you, but I want to encourage you today to commit to the Lord, to say, God, I, I hear this as a warning from you. I'm going to stay clear of that person at work, that person down the street. Lord, I'm going to hear the warning, and I'm going to stay connected to my local church. What is it for you? Maybe it's a financial, or maybe it's God saying, hey, slow down financially so that I can protect you today as well as your future. I want to encourage you today to heed the warning. Lord, thank you for your word today. Thank you, God, that it's true. It always protects us, always guides us, always leads us. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, if you've never given your life to Jesus, you can receive him right now by praying a very simple prayer. Pray this prayer with us right now. You can just say, Dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died for my sin. And I believe you rose again. I ask you to come into my heart, be my Lord, and be my Savior. I've repented my sins. I put you in first place. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, if you just gave your life to Christ, no one's looking around. If you just gave your life to Christ, just lift your hand high. If you just pray that prayer, just lift your hand high. Praise God. There are hands going up all across our different churches right now. Thank you. We see those hands. Just lift those high. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you. We see those hands of Stone Oak. Thank you. Thank you, Rockport. Thank you, Rodfield. Hold your hand high if you just gave your life to Christ. Thank you, Padre. Thank you. Hold your hand high. Praise God. Those of you who are with us online right now, this is still your church. If you just gave your life to Christ, would you let us know by putting in a text chat right now? Just say, I, my hand's raised. Or just click hand raised right now. We'll know what that means. Thank you for the decision you've made to give your life to Christ. Lord, we love you, God. We thank you for your word. Thank you, God, for these four warnings. Lord, thank you that we can protect our marriage, Lord, by staying spiritually connected, staying away from the wrong person, the wrong substances, Lord. And ultimately, Lord, we pray that you'd protect us financially. God, thank you, Lord, that we can honor you with our very lives. Thank you for your love and your grace over us now. In your name we pray. All God's people said, amen. Isn't God good? His word is so true.